Welcome to the Big Fat Gay Podcast. <laughs> oh, that's disorienting. <laughs> uh, we're uh, we're uh, back. That was amazing. Um, <laughs> we're back to theme music. Uh, we're still fighting the good fight. I am Trevor Kizan. I'm a super chub. And um, I'm back in the saddle, even though I was in the saddle last week, too. I, I am Michael. I'm a chaser. And uh, I am... I'm not back in the saddle. In fact, I'm not in any saddle at all. I have a standing desk now, so I can stand while I work. So no saddle for me. Uh, my name's Don Marshall. I am a big chubby guy living in Hollywood, and I am currently dodging a bunch of people with saddles, and I don't know what they want to do with them. I think they're going to ride you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my. My name is Dan Oliverio. I'm an author, public speaker. I'm a chubby chaser, and uh, my saddle is ablaze. <laughs> oh. oh my well done Completely on fire. well done good reference <laughs> um so we're this is we're a show all... where we like to talk about things that are on our minds by the way you forgot oh. to say it. <laughs> well because you you i heard don start talking and i got confused because obviously we're back to theme music um which we were kind of debating before we started recording and then usually michael and i do an acapella version <laughs> to lead in whoever's doing the introduction but i was doing the introduction so michael played a <laughs> An episode of the podcast over his phone for me, <laughs> but and for the and then music. Don started doing the intro, and yes. it was very confusing. Um, <laughs> and it's uh, the world is still confusing. We're still in pan- uh, quarantine, quarantine, by the way, which I keep yes. forgetting because um, because so much more is going on. For you have yeah, more to worry about. Um, your, your little brain can only handle so much. Yes. I, I just remember we were in quarantine and then suddenly I was surrounded by protesters and then suddenly I was surrounded by cops and helicopters and then we had an earthquake. And mm-hmm, at that mm-hmm. point, I just like, I think everyone in my apartment building just sort of rolled our eyes and we just ignored the earthquake because we just couldn't bear to let anything else into our lives at that point. <laughs> Everything's and, and fine. I just want the right, like, all right, so we're, we're getting through 2020. I would rather, instead of having all of this drama up front, I would rather have like the slow build to like a cliffhanger ending at the end of 2020. Like, will we survive to season 2021? Find out next year. And then like, we can sort of push all of this stuff off to the end of the year. Yeah. That's just not how history works. I think, and I think we are at a turning point in history. At least I, I hope we are. This could be a turning point in history if, and that's kind of what the episode's about today. If, if we keep up if we this can, momentum and don't fall into resignation. Yeah, yeah. Not, not letting um, burnout take place. Yes, and that is a uh, part of why we have. We have come in full swing. So uh, at first, so we wanted to get back to a little bit of normalcy uh, without uh, leaving behind important topics. And and part of that was coming back to our uh, our listener mail, our mailbag, as it were. Or even um, our theme song. <laughs> is it appropriate to play the, mail, the mailbag like whimsical? Trevor, did you ever listen to that, by the way? I did. It was delightful. Yay. Um, <laughs> I think we can because it's still... You know, the, this episode is all about balance and, you know, still fighting the fight, still fighting for black lives, still going against police brutality, but also kind of integrating that back into our lives. And I think, um, you know, I keep emphasizing we're still in quarantine because, you know, California is opening back up. I think really um, everyone in California was over quarantine before it was cool to be over it. Um, <laughs> but I think you know, there's so many people right now that have thrown themselves into activism 
And as stuff opens up, I feel like people are going to be like, okay, we're done. Like, let's go to the movies at 25% capacity. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, gyms are supposed to open on Friday, which is, I think I'm seeing a lot of people, you know, terrifying. Yeah. um, Fitness people who I think might shift back to that because that's, you know, their lives. Um, So roll the mailbag music. Michael, do you want to read us some listener mail? Yeah. So a listener uh, wrote to us a couple days ago and he says, "Uh, hi, guys, just wanted to let you know that both Salma and Just Mercy are free to view on Amazon. LA 92 about the Rodney King riots uh, when they see us get on the bus and 13th are all on Netflix. Hulu has If Beale Street Could Talk, Blackish, Grownish and Mixedish. Uh, please tell people to stream these for three reasons. One, they don't suffer from white savior syndrome, where uh, people of color are suffering until a white person rolls in and changes lives, as in The Help, although I do love that movie. Uh, two, these films educate us as to what has been endured and why it can't go on. And three, viewing these films tell studios and platforms that there needs to be more equality representation of people of color in film. Filmmakers like Spike Lee, Ava DuVernay, uh, Kenya Barris, and Lee Daniels are providing looks at Black Lives. This is a way that super chubs with limited mobility can still show support for Black Lives Matter as well as donations. I love your podcast. I love you guys. And I hope to see you in Vegas someday. Those are some good suggestions. There are some really good movies in that mix, yeah. some good shows. 13th yeah. broke my heart. 13th. I haven't seen it. I was, what is the... It's basically a movie about how um, the current jail system is simply modernized slavery. It's how literally a loophole for slavery gave birth to the modern prison system. And the reason it's called the 13th cool. is because that loophole is based in the 13th Amendment, which says you can't keep black people down unless you put somebody in prison. And there we go. We're yep. off to the races. In many, if not most localities in the United States, there was a conflation. There was a, a an interface where police departments came out of uh, slave hunters. Uh, mm. this organization of recapturing and uh, returning the stolen property of slave owners, which, of course, was the slaves, uh, even in the north, because there were laws in the north that said if you were an escaped slave, you belong back on the plantation where you were owned uh, because northern states didn't want to, you know, ruffle feathers of the southern states until that became untenable. And, you know, we had that thing called the Civil War. Uh, mm-hmm. So and then they became police officers and then they became police officers. Yeah, uh, this message, I think, is helpful in a lot of ways, uh, one of which is that it shows it shows a way that you can basically use your voice as a consumer to guide uh, companies to spend their money in a Black Lives Matter positive social change way. Like if they are creating shows like this that have the right messaging, uh, it is incumbent on us as not only as consumers of, of quality you know, stories, but also as people who uh, want to follow through on that message to watch them and support them and say like, hey, yes, we want more of these. Um, Don, you and I were having a conversation yesterday actually about like producers starting to take meetings again and looking for new pitches and nobody necessarily knowing yeah. exactly what to put out there in the coming years. Um, and I think this is a perfect opportunity to send the signal and the message that this is what we want to see. We want to see more of these kinds of shows. I think when we're talking about big white companies, part of the message is let's change the algorithm. Right. Mm-hmm. Let's change the data yeah. so that it moves the needle. Yeah. 
Um, so we have a couple follow-ups to uh, some subjects over the last couple of weeks that... Yes. So we were talking about J.K. Rowling. Uh, was that like just two episodes ago? It feels like so long. Was it? I think it was three episodes ago. So we're in the middle of a global pandemic. We're in the middle of fighting for the rights of Black people not to be murdered by police. And late at night in London, J.K. Rowling is sitting in bed and just, I guess, is inspired to <laughs> go and write some shitty tweets about... So for people who don't really follow kind of controversy around J.K. Rowling, uh, there's been a lot of controversy with J.K. Rowling tweeting about trans women not being, quote unquote, real women. Which has happened before, right? Yes. This and this, this kind first. of uh, concept is um, called um, trans-exclusionary radical feminism. Can I jump in and just explain yes. the position briefly? Yes. So what has ignited J.K. Rowling is the idea that by saying that trans women are not, uh, to, by granting trans women this status as quote-unquote real women, it somehow erases quote-unquote real women and the struggles of real feminism which is why TERF stands for Trans Exclusionary Radical Feminism. Uh, that That's to be a true feminist, to be a true feminist, a radical feminist, we must exclude these so supposedly fake women from our pain and suffering. So her tweet recently uh, was in response to an op-ed uh, that was posted last month, back yes. in May 2020, uh, called Creating a More Equal Post-COVID-19 World for People Who Menstruate. Um, which highlights some of the uh, risks faced by primary caretakers, particularly women in the household and, uh, and healthcare workers during the coronavirus pandemic. So the articles by uh, Marnie Summer, Virginia Kamawa, and Therese Mahan. And uh, Mrs. Ms. Rowling uh, chose to tweet in response to this, quote, people who menstruate, and this is in her quotes, people who menstruate, and then I'm sure there used to be a word for those people. Someone help me out. Is it Wumbin? Wimpund? Wumud? She also then kind of continued to say, um, if sex isn't real, there's no same-sex attraction. If sex isn't real, the lived reality of women globally is erased. I know and love trans people, but erasing the concept of sex removes the ability of many to meaningfully discuss their lives. It isn't hate to speak the truth. <laughs> and you can imagine where that led. Yes. Rowling has expressed... Um, of similar viewpoints before and it's unfortunate because it uh, i mean so many people who grew up with these books were hurt especially because so many people feel like you know the viewpoints expressed in the harry potter books of coming together to fight this you know the the evil that they are fighting in the harry potter universe is uh essentially bigotry in this case and people and supremacy who believe that there and, are and yeah and like the idea that certain smaller groups of people are better than everyone else uh and that gets extrapolated in their world out into murdering the people who aren't pure blood and then the people the good guys who band together from all different backgrounds and creeds and are able to overcome evil together representing many 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 different points of view and and lives and it created a space where a lot of people could identify with her characters um, and to have her then come out and really blast trans women specifically uh, is destructive to a lot of, it feels destructive to a lot of the message of those books. 
Yeah. There's there's actually a thing in philosophy called pragmatic self-contradiction. And it's the idea that if you if you expatiate a philosophy that contradicts itself, it, it kind of falls apart. It, it's like blowing on your own house of cards, where mm-hmm. how you express yourself contradicts what you're saying. Uh, I think one of my favorite tweets in response to this was, her name must be JK because this bitch can't be serious. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just curious if the original article referred to people that menstruate that way. You said it was about uh, medical risks and dangers. I, yeah. And as, this is from the article, uh, quote, an estimated 1.8 billion girls, women and gender non-binary persons menstruate. And this is not stopped because of the pandemic. They still require menstrual materials, self-access to toilets, soap, water and private spaces in the face of lockdown living conditions that have eliminated privacy for many populations. End quote. So that's that's the position of the article. And that's sort of what most of it is is predicated on. Okay. And then you can sort of apply J.K. Rowling's response to it where she's not happy that it's such an inclusive statement. I think I don't even understand why she'd go there. That's just a dumb thing to say. It's it's important to her. And I think it's another manifestation of what I was talking about last time when we were talking about JK Rowling, where she's against fat oppression. When we're talking about women, she's got no problem with uh, demeaning stereotypes of fat people when it comes to men or other people. Uh, There Mm -hmm. seems to be unique pardon the pun, turf, uh, to being a cis woman. Uh, that according she, to her. Yeah, yeah, exactly. According to her, uh, that she is, uh, that's her ground to defend. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the the punctuation mark to this particular story, I thought was, it basically uh, Daniel Radcliffe came in and Harry, did the right Harry thing Potter, on for her. those of you who don't. Hey, for those of you who don't know, <laughs> uh, he... He came in and did the right thing, uh, not on her behalf, but because she clearly wasn't willing to, uh, wrote a blog post uh, for the Trevor Project, uh, starting with transgender women are women. Any statement to the contrary erases the identity and dignity of transgender people and goes against all advice given by professional healthcare associations who have far more expertise on this matter than either Joe or I, Uh, Joe referring to JK Rowling. Uh, It's clear that we need to do more to support transgender and non-binary people, not invalidate their identities and not cause further harm. And he, he goes on. But I think I think the takeaway, if you are a fan of the Harry Potter stories, books, movies, whatever, um, is that not every single one of those creators, whether it's the writer herself or the director of the movies or the actors playing the parts, not every single one of them is going to completely align with the messaging of the stories themselves. And I think that there is a such thing as art transcending the creators who created it. I think that, I think that is the beauty of art is that there is no one singular defining meaning that is the only thing you can take from it. And if that's not, you know, if for instance, the intention of the original creator is not what you're taking from it, then somehow you're wrong. I don't believe that. I think that's why art is special. Um, So if, I think part of what Daniel Radcliffe says at the end uh, is to all the people who now feel that their experience of the books has been tarnished or diminished. I'm deeply sorry for the pain these comments caused you. I really hope that you don't entirely lose what was valuable in these stories to you. I think that's the takeaway. Um, Hmm. Even though JK has dug herself deeper and deeper into this hole and she's wrong, um, I don't think it needs to destroy the stories which have completely transcended whatever goes on in her mind. 
I, that that's that's my opinion. I don't know what you guys think about that. I I think what he did is a brilliant form of activism because it focuses you know, it's eyes on the prize. It's what do we want to take away? What do we find truth in? What do we uphold? And less about starting a war with someone because you don't agree with them. Like, but what do you want to make? You know, what are you going to do with this? And I think that's also where we are right now in history in this country and perhaps globally is you, you can't sustain yourself in fear and anger. It's got to move on to the next stage, which is, okay, what do we want to create? Which, you know, we can maybe talk about later in the podcast. And that's what I think Daniel Radcliffe is pointing to is what do we find valuable? What do we take away? What do we want to create? I know a lot of people are kind of taking a moment and kind of stepping back. And um, I think something positive to come from this um, tearing J.K. Rowling apart is people promoting other uh, more diverse young adult fantasy stuff. Um, and there's a particular graphic novel I want to promote by Daniel Barnes and DJ Kirkland, who I've uh, featured on our uh, Instagram, Fed Art Friday, mm. called The Black Mage. And it's described as Harry Potter meets Final Fantasy in this subversive original graphic novel where race, history, and magic collide. Mm. Um, mm. And the synopsis oh, of the good. series is uh, when St. Ivory Academy, a historically white wizarding school, opens its doors to its first ever black student. Everyone believes that the wizarding community is finally taking its first crucial steps towards inclusivity. Or is it? When Tom Token, the beneficiary of the school's <laughs> magical minority initiative, begins uncovering weird clues and receiving creepy text over his phone, he and his friend Lindsay stumble into a conspiracy that dates all the way back to the American Civil War, and it could cost Tom his very soul. Ooh. That sounds amazing. High stakes. I like it. I'd read yes. it. Yeah, I would too. So let's move um, on to some K-pop. I would love some yes. K-pop in my life right now. Yeah, what's going on with our K-pop stands? So, God, time is a flat circle. Um, is it still? It was, yes. Now and forever. <laughs> um, <laughs> I don't know exactly when. This was sometime between last week and now, which could be, you know, any n number of days or years. P so people were trying to get um, hashtag White Lives Matters trending. And the K-pop stands saw this and took it over, similar to how they um, mobilized to take down this, the, the Dallas police app. They took over White Lives Matter by posting um, K-pop videos. <laughs> <laughs> all K-pop, all the time. <laughs> um, so if you want to get, if you want to catch up on your K-pop, go to white light, hashtag white lives matter. <laughs> yeah. Being a dedicated geek myself, I, I am a total geek. I role play, play games, read comic books, watch sci-fi, all that stuff. Nobody can protest like a geek can protest. Yes. I freaking love geeks when they get together. Um, well, it's I your medium. It's your it's your ocean to swim yep. in. It's marvelous. Yeah. My favorite Black Lives Pro Matter protest sign I saw was uh, when the town guardsman attacks a party member, everyone rolls for initiative. <laughs> Which means nothing to not. <laughs> That's amazing. That's fantastic. That just makes me happy. And it, you know, if you don't role play, it doesn't mean squat to you. But uh, same thing. If you haven't seen um, when Fred Phelps, the that douchebag yeah. church, oh yeah, went to try and protest Comic Con, biggest mistake they ever made. <laughs> the Comic Con geeks didn't counter protest. They joined their protest, 
with the most absurd signs advocating like <laughs> Thor is God, read issue number seven, <laughs> you know, and uh, just amazing, amazing signs that I have never seen that that church leave an area so fast. <laughs> Because <laughs> all of the publicity photos taken of them will include yeah. their sign. Mm -hmm. like yeah, people were the ignoring signs. their signs and just going to interview the other counter protesters right next to them. <laughs> I love I love that they left because they didn't want to look crazy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you know what? If you've got a passion for something, get your geek on and use your passion to fight the good fight wherever you may be. So, Trevor, you hinted earlier that we have a Lizzo watch. Is that true? Yes, we have a. It's simultaneously supersized, but also I'll try to keep it short because we're we got some episode to get yeah, to. Got some episode to get to. So, Lizzo, we love Lizzo. Oh, hold on. It's Lizzo Watch 2020. So, Lizzo has been at it, killing it, using her various platforms on social media to make people aware of various causes for Black Lives Matter, various organizations, um, ways to contribute, including um, hosting uh, the organization Black Visions Collective on her Instagram Live uh, mm -hmm. to kind of boost them and also take part in the conversation. She shared an original song telling people to get out and vote, um, which I'll send to Michael and we'll splice in a little bit here. Hey world, what's up? You know, what's up? Do you know what time it is? Do you know what time it is? Do you know what time it is? Do you know what it's time to vote? It's time to vote. It's time to vote. It's time to what? V O C E. It's time to vote. It it's still in my head. Um, <laughs> and I think it's important because, like, right now, uh, you know, it's. Tuesday in recording land, uh, Wednesday in listening land. But you know Georgia's primaries are today, and people are trying to get out and vote oh, wow. amidst the pandemic, amidst protest, um, amidst the memorial uh, service for George Floyd. Yes, a lot of that. Yeah, um, and I guess there's new voting machines that were, aren't working well, and it's you know yeah. it's chaotic. I don't, and I also I'm I don't know what primaries haven't happened yet. I know many were delayed because of the pandemic, but if yours has not happened yet get out and vote like Lizzo just told us to in the little bit of song we got. Lizzo has also been killing it on TikTok, which, uh, so I guess people have been tagging Lizzo in posts, uh, by fat women. I, I, I don't really know if it's on that also posts that also have hashtag BBW, but Lizzo acknowledged this. Yo. So every time there is a big girl on this app, I find that people always put my name in the comments. And to the people who be putting my name in the comments, thank you. Because you know what? If every time you see a big girl on this app loving on herself and putting herself out there and being confident and loving her body, you think of me or you think she looks like me, bitch, that is a what compliment. That means I'm out here doing what I'm supposed to be doing. Letting you bitches know the next time you try to make fun of a woman for her body or her size, that bitch, we're out here and we don't give a fuck. And we're confident and we're bad bitches and we're cover stars. And yeah, we get the motherfucking views, the likes, and the motherfucking clicks because we it. Shit. Bitch. So thanks. <laughs> and so all the big girls, I see you. Keep putting my name in the comments, ho. 
She is awesome. The class of 2020 also got uh, was was touched by Lizzo's the, the hand. <laughs> and she's been busy. Yeah. <laughs> um, she played the flute with the New York Philharmonic uh, doing a modern arrangement of Pomp and Circumstance. Oh, wow. For, uh, this uh, <laughs> online kind of graduation ceremony for the class of 2020. Oh, that's cool. Um, oh. I got to go maybe, find that. That sounds wonderful. Uh, maybe we'll have uh, Michael play us out with that a little, a little snip. <laughs> Dropping in all this stuff that we probably can't use, but you know what? I Come mean, and get us. Come and get me. You know where I live. Because <laughs> <laughs> if you do, you'll be breaking quarantine. Get yeah. back in there. Well, but yeah, I think um, I don't know. I'm just <laughs> I just crashed a little, which is a perfect segue to <laughs> the main topic that uh, we mentioned earlier of burnout. Burnout. Yeah. So it's a I think probably the most insidious res- like side effect of becoming active and contributing to a meaningful social cause in this case uh we're talking about black lives matter but i think it's applicable across the board when you are participating in something that inherently has a lot of really strong emotions flying around and requires a lot of energy and effort on a lot of different people's parts um and it can it can lead to burnout uh pretty quickly in some cases depending on how hard you throw yourself into it and I, I think I see that, I mean, it's, we, we have a lot of resources for that, but for me, um, recently, just this past week, I was working with Boston Gay Men's Chorus on a, a variety of videos and then Black Lives Matter, uh, blew up, uh, after George Floyd and, uh, it became the most important thing for anyone to focus on. And will continue to be. And we decided to make a video sort of as a tribute to the movement and to show sort of our voices with theirs. Um, But in the process of making this video, you have a lot of really like hyper thin uh, lines to walk like you like it is so hard to to put something out there appropriate to the messaging where you have to be aware of your, where your voice is coming from, but also the voice of the organization, in this case, the Boston Gammons Chorus, but then also who's contributing and where you're getting your... It, there's so many different pieces that go into it that were all filtering through me. Um, and I, over the course of like four days, four or five days, it was this... It was the only thing I could think about. Like it was 24-7 for four solid days, I was in the world of researching and finding images and finding names and finding what was right and finding what was wrong and doing my research and my due diligence and all of this stuff and filtering all into something that we were trying to make useful and helpful and not just like a fluff piece of like, hey, here we are, like you too, like mm. actually doing something good. I crashed so hard after that. I in the middle of it, honestly, and mm-hmm. trying to manage all of that stuff in such an intense period of time completely burned me out. Um, and that's what we're talking about today. Um, yeah. So there, I, one of the great resources we found um, is from at Vahini Shori, V A H I N I S H O R I. What platform is that? Is that? It's on uh, Instagram. Uh, and it was a little kind of graphic slideshow describing burnout and uh, kind of the uh, why this happens and how to fight it. But, you know, Michael was describing being burnt out and uh, 
one of the statistics this infographic shared was uh, in a 2015 study, it was observed that roughly half of activists who experienced burnout did not take a break or hiatus. Instead, they ended up leaving the movement for good. Um, and I think there's a big fear about, you know, so many people have mobilized behind uh, the Black Lives Matter movement. Uh, so many people that we have not seen before, so many companies, organizations, just there has been this huge shift to it. Mm hmm. And, you know, we're going into the second week and we're going to the second week of, you know, daily protests of people uh, trying to share resources on social media, people donating money. Um, and that's not sustainable if you're not taking care of yourself um, and if you're not looking for signs of burnout. I actually had an interaction with someone who was clearly in burnout and they were just being they were kind of lashing out at everyone. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I, I think as um, people new to this, you know, this conversation of Black Lives Matter, especially as white allies, we have to recognize the privilege that we have to, you know, if we get overwhelmed, if you just are like this, is, you know, you're on Instagram and you're like, oh, this is too much being able to step away from that and turn it off when for black people and other people of color, this is always in their life. And we have yeah. tremendous privilege in being able to be like, oh, you know. I need, you know, it's, this is just, I, I don't think I can do anything else. The privilege yeah. to yeah, regard I mean, this as a mere intrusion. Yeah. Yes. Think of it this way. Like if you're sick and tired of hearing stories from people about how the cops treat them when they get pulled over, imagine being the ones who have to tell that story over and over and over and over again and live that story over and over and over again. Yes. It's exhausting. It's really right. exhausting. Well, right. I, I'd like to, I'd like to kind of draw a distinction here when we talk about burnout um, and like Michael's story, there's really two things going on here. One is being tired. If you're out marching in the streets, out all day in the sun, uh, maybe even fighting police, you're exhausted and you're, you're spent. And there's this, you know, when you get tired, you can recover it, you can recover and recuperate and recharge and come back. So there's one thing called being tired or being spent. But there's another thing that's far more dangerous and that I think is the real, what we got to look out for. And that's being resigned. That's the sensation of, well, I'm going to quit now because, you know, it's not going to make a difference anyway. These excuses we give to ourselves that that it's ineffectual, that I can't make a difference, that it's going to be the way it's always been. These are signs which we might also call burnout, but it's really something much more pernicious called resignation. And I think one of the ways forward here is and and I, uh, Trevor, one of the Instagram videos you sent that very first one, and I, I don't remember the person's name, but she said something just beautiful. You can only fight against something for so long, right? It's tiring to be fighting against the police, to be fighting against oppression. And a much more empowering way to couch that is what are you fighting for? And to make it really specific, like, you know, the, something that really moved me this week was the the little girl, um, George Floyd's uh, daughter, you know, this this little girl lost her father in the most public, horrific manner I, I, I can imagine. And there's that clip of her saying, my daddy changed the world. Her father changing the world, you know, that's something to fight for, to make her words what's so in the world, that her daddy changed the world. That is important to me personally. And that's, some, that's a place I can come from. And that's a place I can go to say that the future is not going to be just like the past. So I think there are a couple, there are a lot of, we have fantastic resources that Trevor has put together. Um, but 
I think the most important thing to start with is if you are in the midst of you've decided to contribute, you've found a way that you can do so, and you're diving in full force, checking in with yourself, like identify your feelings. This is coming from uh, that Instagram post, but I think it's applicable across life. And then most especially now when it's so important to be able to continue this because it's a marathon, not a sprint. We're not just trying to push a whole bunch a little bit. We're trying to take this long term. Um, and so remembering to check in with yourself and see where, A, if, you, if you're having, if you're experiencing negative emotions, like Trevor was talking about his friend who was lashing out, um, that is that is a sort of result of having all of this negative emotion bottled up with no way to, no healthy way to get rid of it. Mm -hmm. And so it just comes out in these fits and bursts, uh, anxiety, guilt, isolation, disappointment, numbness. That's what Dan was talking about. Like when you start resigning yourself to uh, that negative future, uh, it's because you haven't been checking in with yourself and haven't been finding ways to, to let out those, those feelings healthily. Like, talking to somebody you trust, whether it's a therapist or a friend, like somebody where you can you can express yourself and get those feelings off of your chest um, just as a starting point uh, so that you can sort of unburden yourself and feel like you've been heard. That's like, I think, just a really basic piece of life advice, but it's especially relevant here where you have to be able to take this long term. Mm -hmm. And as important as it is to look out for yourself, because we all have to look out for ourselves. We do. Um, I'm a strong believer in looking out for each other. I, like we all get through this together. Check in with the people around you. Don't don't ask, hey, how you doing? Because the response is going to be, I'm fine. Like touch base, talk with them for real. Um, and if like Trevor, you were talking to your friend who is melting down, mm. like that's a great opportunity to reach out to somebody who maybe has a few more days left if they can just keep up, get you know, get themselves back together. And part of going that kind of long distance is knowing when to give yourself time to recharge. Like you, mm -hmm. when I say you're running a marathon, it's not like, don't, don't imagine jogging for 10 miles. It's sometimes you're going to be running and then sometimes you're going to be walking to catch your breath. Mm -hmm. And like you can give yourself time to breathe, to take a moment, to find your outlets, like the things that fuel you, replenish you. You know, like if I, I, I think I was talking, I don't know if it was, maybe it was Don or somebody like a few weeks ago, we were talking about video games and like you get into a game and you've been playing it a lot and like you get to this one boss and you, you just keep getting killed over and over and over and you, you get more and more frustrated and you get, you start playing worse and worse and worse. If you put the controller down and come back to it a week later, I promise you, you'll beat them like first try. And it's, it's just that like when you start obsessing about something that gets worse and worse and worse and you let it get to you and make you feel worse and worse and worse, your performance and your ability to do something good and actually yeah. contribute meaningfully will diminish. So giving yourself time to recharge. We actually process a lot of things by sleeping. Our brains mm. go through a lot of the issues that we've been having and sort of sort them out. I was telling these guys, like, like I shut down for four or five days because I was getting one or two hours of night of sleep a night. Um, and then after two full nights of sleep, I was poly freaking Anna just <laughs> singing and joy so in perky. my goddamn heart and up with man and all that stuff. And yeah, I mean, I know the shit everyone around me, but I felt good, you know, <laughs> yeah. so yeah, you too can become perky. Yeah. Recharge versus resignation. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yeah. I, I think it's also important to kind of come up with a roadmap for yourself um, for 
sustaining this activism. Like I mentioned earlier, you know, in the episode, we're st- I mean, we're still in quarantine, but California is starting to open back up. And I think a lot of people are going to just kind of try to get back to normal. And I think they might not think that, you know, activism is part of their new normal. Um, there's a really great post from uh, Official Millennial Black that's a guide to new allies on keeping up anti-racist momentum after the news cycle. Yes. Which, you know, is going to be important moving forward, especially, you know, in the election year that, you know, is weird. That's so that's so far in the back of my mind because there's so much happening all at once. And it's this like abstract thing like, yeah, this is happening, but there's so much else happening. And, you know, we're talking about watching, uh, thinking about what you're watching on Netflix and Amazon and Hulu, but, you know, maybe try to space that out and just kind of make it part of your normal routine instead of being like, okay, well, you know, this week I'm going to watch all of these movies because this is the time for me to be an activist. Right. Well, and I think that's also important because anyone who's looking at statistics is going to say, oh, well, we saw that spike during, you know, during the Black Lives Matter thing of June 2020, but mm-hmm. then it stopped. So we don't like you. You would disregard an anomaly. So like any studios or like if Netflix is looking at their viewership stats and they say, oh, a bunch of people were watching these, you know, these uh, black forward stories, mm-hmm. but it was only in the first week of June. They mm-hmm. will disregard it, uh, and so that is also more helpful to space your viewership out if that's the way that you want to contribute or if that's a way, uh, because it is actually more helpful for those statistics to represent a longer period of time instead of one spike during one week. Towards that end, maybe diving into some of the longer running uh, sort of black oriented shows like Empire. That might be a good way of doing it. Scandal. Scandal. I was going to say, yeah. Yeah. Maybe instead of watching Friends, watch Living Single. Or Blackish. Oh, Friends has not aged well, has it? Oh, no. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, any other thoughts on how to keep the marathon going well i Um, I think i think it comes down to you know if this is going to be change which is to say it's going to be lasting it's got to be at an individual level and so the question you want to ask is what's going to be different now in my life not just as like you know something i'm going to do for the next two weeks but like what is something that i can ongoingly do as a practice that is not what i used to do and to that point like, because I, I feel like a, the reaction to that just unconsciously for many people, I, I've certainly had this myself, is like that sigh of like, <sighs> like I've got to ch- like, so I've, okay, I've got to like, like the feeling of like integrating something new into a life and a routine that you already have and like, oh, how am I going to keep it going? But look at what we've been doing for the past three months. Like we have implemented massive changes to our lives because the, it was a dire need for it to be done, but you were able to make that your routine. So anything else that you want to add to your life can be as well. Well, and what I want to put uh, pitch in there is that it's going to be something that you already do, but maybe need to redirect or modify. If you're already giving money, maybe you need to look at where you're giving your money to make a difference to promote Black Lives Matter. But what I'm saying is if you're giving money, you're already giving money. What do you, you know, what, if you're not already giving money, where, what is something you do do? Maybe it's, if you're a writer, what is the stuff you write about? If you're, it's going to be something that's already in your wheelhouse. You already exist as a political animal because you're in the world. And so 
what can you target? What can you adapt and change to put your energies and your resources and your consciousness towards what you want to affect? I think uh, one last thing that I, know I liked seeing because we're entering week two of this you know, mobilization by the country, um, by the world, because um, you know yeah. this has gone global. Um, a lot of countries. For, this is from a Spring Magazine on Instagram uh, at s p r i n g m a g c a. It's a list of what has the uprising accomplished, and it has nice dates and basically like this. These are things that have happened. These are this is you know bullet bullet bullet. This is what we've done, and I think it's important to take stock of what we've done because there's all these it's all these little things yep. and it still feels like this impossible task that we're facing mm -hmm. and so abstract sometimes but looking at these these increments and towards that end like celebrate your victories that's a mistake i make i very often will discard one step towards the end because i haven't finished the journey yet but these little steps are victories and let that sink in be happy about it let that recharge you a little bit. Yes. Yeah. So quick question for each of you as we wrap this up. What is the best way that you recharge that you've discovered recently? What is your new method hmm. for recharging right now? Uh, for me, I, I have explored baking and cooking, right? I, I was telling these guys I have discovered granola bread. That is my new favorite treat to make. <laughs> um, I baked a bunch of loaves yesterday, gave them out to a couple different friends. It's very um, good. I'm eating mm, a piece right now. <laughs> yay. Um, and uh, I know plenty of people that are baking things that take multiple days to do that they would never have had time to do before the uh, quarantine. So mm. that has been an interesting way. And a lot of the people that are doing that, they put a lot of stress into the cake that they give to their friends. So hmm. <laughs> you well, get to eat my, my stress. <laughs> to eat it. <laughs> well, does that I mean, mean Michael's, does that mean Michael's going to feel terrible after eats that little piece of bread? <laughs> no, because my stress is delicious. <laughs> It, it is kind of good. <laughs> um, I I have found that a, a, a thing that it has been helpful for me to then find something good for me to do to kind of de-stress and relax my brain is is to stop focusing on what I'm missing. Um, for the longest time, it's really just like there, there are a lot of things that I miss, but soccer is right at the top of that list um, because it's something I cannot do without other people. Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, juggling a ball in the front yard is not the same as playing a game of soccer. And that's how I got my exercise and exercise is so great for my mental health. And I was missing that. And I was so focused on not having that, that I wasn't getting exercise because um, I, I really genuinely dislike most other forms of like cardio and like even going on a walk is nice, but it's not really exercise for me enough. Um, and so getting over that hump, I went jogging yesterday for the first time in probably over a year. And that uh, wasn't particularly fun, but I did it and I felt so much better afterwards. And so to that, that like two-step thing of like, let go of what you can't have right now, you'll get it back someday and then find the thing that you can do. Uh, for me, it was going out and going jogging. For me, it, it, the I just walking and something that's, 
I mean, it'll, I can even do it like folding laundry for some people. Like my dad used to find incredible solace in washing dishes. Oh, <laughs> like it was a meditative <laughs> act for him. Right. Hmm. Uh, and you know, okay. it was also, but, but, and for me, Trevor, you know, the, we, Trevor and I have this routine where he does the wash and I fold the wash because folding laundry is some, some sort of like, it's almost meditative for me or going for a walk. And what I find happens in those times is you get to be alone with your thoughts or you get to be alone with, sometimes it's a podcast, sometimes it's, uh, like like right now, I've, I've started reading Invisible Man uh, by Ralph Ellison. Mm. This is not the story by H.G. Wells about the man who is <laughs> invisible. This is the story of a black man in the 1950s who discovers, oh, I think I'm actually invisible in this society and writing about that. And it's one of the most incredible pieces of fiction uh, I, I've read and it's I, I kind of can't believe I haven't read this before. Hmm. But there's there's a way of sort of letting it, I don't know. I, I know people are, you know, Don, you were talking about de-stressing or getting away from and being able to recharge. But for me, my style of recharging is maybe in more in the, sometimes in the vein of education. Or when I look at other media, like you look at something trivial on television, mm -hmm. like we're, we're watching, I don't know, let's say Warehouse 13, what, that I just love that show. Or you look at something on television that's from another era, and all of a sudden you begin to look at that show through the lens of what's going on now. And that can become kind of an education and a meditation. To it's add on to that, I last week, uh, I took Blackout Tuesday to heart and I didn't stream any media whatsoever. I didn't consume any media, didn't watch anything, didn't listen to music. Uh, and I had a day of basically, I'm just going to be me in the world and not add a bunch of noise. And that was shocking, like realizing how much I sort of fill the silence in my life with stuff whether it's music or movies or shows or, you know, like having that quiet time mm. for, for a whole day was kind of recharging and it reset me a little bit. Um, and I think I kind of want to do that, like maybe not an entire day every day uh, or every week, but like maybe half a day every week, just like be silent. It's funny you say that because one of the things my dad used to say, this is when like when Walkmen were first coming out and everybody was walking <laughs> around with headphones and he he just couldn't understand it. You know, of course, you know, having been born in 1927. But <laughs> the other thing he the other thing he couldn't understand was like, and, and this really kind of made an impact on me because there's one thing to say, like, get off my porch, you young whippersnappers, blah, blah, blah. But he said, if you always have these things in your ears, how do you think? And what he meant was like, how, how, how can you be alone with your thoughts? How can you reflect? How can you like have that alone time with you? And I think a lot mm -hmm. of people are trying very hard not to have that alone time with themselves. <laughs> uh, and it was like this idea of like maybe taking a break from that, maybe just being alone with your thoughts. Um, I have been playing The Sims, which is, <laughs> I don't know, something I find very therapeutic. Um, it is, I mean, this for those of you who don't know, The Sims is a life simulation game where you basically control the lives of these little people who have various, I don't know, the degrees of silliness in their lives. I have also been spending time in my tiny animal village, um, which I have been building a house for Dan and there's now a little Dan guy in my <laughs> tiny animal village. Um, but it's just a nice, I don't know, escape. So those are just a few of the options you have to Take a look at it and see if these are ways that you might be able to de-stress. Yes. Mm. But and find a way to breathe fresh air. Uh, one other thing, I meant to mention this kind of at the top. Uh, another way to de-stress is uh, Nicole Byer's book came out 
Uh, oh, it's called a uh, hashtag very fat hashtag very brave. Mm. The fat girl's guide to being hashtag brave and not a dejected melancholy down in the dumps, weeping fat girl in a bikini. <laughs> and it's kind of a little mm. memoir by her with a, a lot of photos and talking about confidence in a fat body. Um, and she's a delight and you should buy her book. Nice. And watch her show. Nailed it. Came out a new season not too long ago on Netflix. Ooh. Oh, hell yeah. All kinds of fun stuff. <laughs> yes. So I think that's our, our show this week. Um, yeah. Man, focusing, like uh, like Trevor said, like I'm crashing. I'm like, it is, it is, uh, it takes effort. It takes energy and effort and you yep. gotta, you gotta manage that. Mm-hmm. You gotta make sure you manage it properly. And but here, check fu- out my mug. Check out my mug. Aww, <laughs> you can it. do it. It's Rosie it's the Rosie, Riveter. Yeah, Rosie the Riveter. Um, if you're looking for tips on how to manage it or uh, something, <laughs> you can see all of that on our social media and website. I don't really remember how the music goes for this. but It just starts. It just goes. Okay, so we're going. It's going. It's going now. It's live. At the moment, it's happening. It's... We're on Instagram and Twitter as at Big Fat Gay Pod. We're on Facebook as the Big Fat Gay Podcast. You can find links to all of the lovely resources on our website, www.bigfatgaypod.com. Um, send us five-star reviews. Send us... Um, leave us five-star reviews <laughs> on uh, <laughs> Apple Podcast and Stitcher. Send us a message. <laughs> Give us a like. We're, we're still in this fight, Black Lives Matter. Uh, we love you all. We're going to um, help you with self-care, tuck you in, give you little kisses on the forehead as you're all snuggly in bed, ready to play <laughs> Animal Crossing. Um, maybe you're in the car listening. And if you are, Donna's behind you with a fresh loaf of stress bread. Yeah. <laughs> Watch out. Eat my stress. <laughs> <laughs>